0: Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. This is your host, Dr. Javier Carlin. And today I'm so excited to bring you a very special guest. Her name is Stephanie. Notaris, and she's an accredited practicing dietitian from Australia with a master's in counseling. She has developed, evaluated, and published an award-winning counseling framework tailored, made for dietitians to use within their practice. She also runs an online program helping dietitians implement evidence-based counseling strategies that optimize client results and enhance retention. So important. She is a practicing renal dietitian with over 12 years experience. And she's also doing a PhD in renal nutrition and is involved in research into how counseling skills for dietitians can be improved. Wow. This is amazing, Stephanie. I'm so excited for you to be here. Uh, Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's fantastic to be here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I think, I think, the best place to start is, if you don't mind just telling us a little bit more about your story, your background, and how how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, as you already mentioned, I am a dietitian from Australia, and I've been practicing for a while now. The way that I got to the point of actually training dietitians uh, into improving their counseling skills and being heavily involved in research is probably from... My very first year as a dietitian, I was so excited to see clients and impart the knowledge that I had learned after all those years of study. And at the start, it was going extremely well, but I started noticing patterns with um, my clientele that they would be really enthusiastic in the first session and then they would either not follow through with some of the recommendations that we were discussing. Um, And I started not really knowing where to take the consultations apart from just re-educating and reiterating the same information. And then there were some clients that just didn't come back. And I was always left wondering what was going on. And supervision is a big thing within our field. So when I would talk to people about it, my seniors, there'd be a lot of um, themes such as, you know. Clients aren't ready to change. There's not much you can do about it. This retention rate's normal. But then I had someone that really challenged my thinking a bit more and allowed me a space to talk about how I was feeling and what I thought my skill set was lacking. And From that mentoring, I actually got into my Master's of Counseling. And when I finished, I think the organization I was working for at the time um, asked me to put together a program that I thought would be applicable for the whole organization. And that's when I handpicked all the skills I had learned from my degree, put them in a program, was able to evaluate it because it was like a research workplace setting and got it published because the results were just so successful so it ended up improving my practice but then a lot of other dietitians practices as well and from that um, positive feedback I thought why not bring it online because I'm so limited with the face-to-face um, method I was using at that time in Sydney um, so fast forward eight years now I'm um, doing this online and helping wow. people, yeah, helping dietitians because there, there really is a science and an art to the client experience and client retention.
0: Yeah. Wow. That that's so that's so amazing. And the fact that that just the the story of how this came to be and how you develop your own framework um, that has been tested, tried and, and proven is is so neat. And you know, a lot of a lot of times, because I know this, you know, in this specific podcast, we talk about um, healthcare and business and and how it relates to that. And sometimes people don't put two and two where they think, oh, counseling and coaching, like it's it's nice to have and it's it's good to have those skills. Um, but how does it actually help my business? And I feel like it it's has a major impact on on your ability to to grow a business and to help a lot of people. So, so um, I, I think I think what would be Really, really nice. Is to maybe there's a few a few points you can give us on on an ideas on how this actually uh, obviously helps the the clients that you work with um, to improve their their results, but also on the business
1: side. Yeah, sure. So I think for a business perspective, it's it's interesting to look at how you grow through the client experience because a lot of what is out there at the moment is so heavily focused on the marketing strategies and the sales strategies. Get people in and that's how your business will grow. But I always encourage people to look at it from two angles. Get them in, but they have to get results. They have to have a great experience with you because that's how you start to build your word of mouth referrals, um, positive testimonials coming your way. Or if you are in countries like I know in Australia, we're not allowed to use client testimonials this positive feedback goes back to referrers and then comes back to you um, because the more great things people hear about you, the more they're going to want to refer their clients or their own patients to your service. Um, So I think it definitely grows from that perspective, but also people have to get results. You have to have an experience that you are providing for them where they feel so comfortable and safe and not judged and that things are so tailored to them to meet their goals because if people don't don't get results from working with you and they don't they you lose them, you don't retain them, then your program you won't really be able to keep advertising that your program or your service is working. And that's very, very key because people need that social proof. They want to know that other people in their situation have come to see you and they've felt so comfortable with you. Number one, and then they've been able to get outcomes at their own pace, which is number two. So I think from from a that's the business perspective, but from a client perspective, there's a a lot of research to back up as well the fact that. If, if they're having a very good experience with you in the way that you communicate with them, the way you counsel them, the way you give advice, the way you hold space for them to um, understand their problems and find solutions to their problems, um, they actually have a much higher satisfaction with you as their provider. And they will, um, once they're satisfied, they're more likely to listen, make changes and keep coming back. And a very interesting um piece of research as well that we know about is the more faith a referrer has in your service the more likely the client's actually going the more likely the client will be to show up to your service and to really listen and take action so this is where it loops back to your referrers need to have faith in you as well it can't just be a tick box you know, go see a nutritionist, go see a dietitian, they've really got to be able to communicate the why to your client of why you have to go see a dietitian and why this dietitian too. So some of that, so that work really loops, your great work loops back to help you to keep growing your business.
0: Yeah, that that's so huge. And I I mean, there's there so many great things uh, to pull out of what you just said. And I 100% agree. Uh, and, you know, it's it's one of those things, especially in in business, where like you mentioned, there's so much for focus on marketing and sales, uh, and and the the client delivery process, the client results and the outcomes sometimes are are kind of pushed to the side, and that's not good. <laughs> like you mentioned, like that's not good for anyone, right? It's not good for them because. They're they're paying you to to for you to help them right with what they need help with, and it's also not good for the business long term. It might be in the short term, but not the long term, because people start will start talking, and like you said, word of mouth is is so powerful. Um. So so with that, you know, I was I was curious about something you said because I've heard of this once before, and I think a lot of people might find this interesting, especially since we have listeners, you know, all over the world. Um. You mentioned that in Australia specifically, you you can't you can't have testimonials. What, what is that about? I, I've i always been curious about that.
1: Yeah, so you can't have client testimonials as part of your marketing strategy. Hmm. So if it's just part of our um, code of ethics. And so if you want testimonials, it's usually has to be from referrers if you want to use it as a marketing tool. Okay. Um, but that's why that word of mouth referral system goes a very long way so we're probably even more sensitive to the client experience because we need people to not just tell us they have to tell others
0: yes yeah that that makes so much sense and and so so just just for clarification on my end even so so you could tell other people to tell other people you can tell your Mm -hmm. clients to tell other people about your about their own experiences but you can't even with their permission you can't, you can't put client testimonials anywhere. No, wow. Okay. No.
1: Uh, so um, I'm sure if you're, if you're not, if you're not part of a regulated body, you Got could, it. but dietitians being part of a regulated body here, we can't.
0: Interesting. So
1: it does make things a little bit, a bit harder. So that's where, you know, it's really important to encourage, you know, dietitians to even get feedback from their clients within uh, their sessions so mm. they can keep improving them and keep their clients. Um, so that experience can become even more optimized.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. And so I know, I know I asked you this in one of our conversations, you know, before we jumped on here. Um, but for, for many people and including myself, I didn't really, I knew there was a difference, but I wasn't quite sure how to define that. Uh, so for our listeners that are thinking, okay, like, you know, cause you, you specifically, Um, help dietitians with counseling, right? Where a lot of the the buzz is around coaching. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious from your perspective, like what is the difference uh, in, in coaching versus counseling?
1: Yeah, sure. So look, they're both extremely important systems of communication. So they fall under that big umbrella of communication skills, which is what I teach as well. But the difference that I can really see between coaching and counseling is Counseling really is it's a it's a system where you're able to hold space for people to understand why they're having the issues that they're having and help them understand the barriers, explore what's going on for them, and then think about possible solutions to those problems. So it's kind of slowing things down and spending a lot more time in the understanding of the emotions and perhaps the eating behaviour psychology behind some of their issues. Whereas with coaching, although it sounds very similar, um, coaching is very much about let's get you to the quickest outcome possible. It still uses a lot of open-ended questions and questions around understanding, but it's not geared to just stop and say stagnant to understand things for a while. It's geared to let's try and find a solution as quickly as possible. Where do you want to be? How do you get there? And whilst that is extremely important because eating behavior change is so complicated it and it's so rooted in some, when people are struggling, they're really struggling. So you need to be able to hold that space within your scope of practice. So people feel comfortable to unpack what's going on for them. They gain insight into themselves. And then once you've got that, You can springboard into, okay, so this is the issue. Where would you prefer to be? What do you think is the best way to get there? Um, But sometimes if you have clients that are struggling and you miss that whole counselling component, what will happen is that their change, if they're changing, will either be really slow because they don't have enough insight into what's going on for them or the change is going to be temporary.
0: That makes sense. So it sounds sounds to me like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that the counseling goes, goes a few layers deeper into more of the, the emotional, psychological um, patterns of thinking and behaving and the actions that you take and without actually getting them to self-reflect and, and get internal on that. Um, if we stay superficial with just like, hey, this is the goal, this is where you're at, this is how we get there, uh, change won't, won't happen as quickly, potentially. Is that, yeah. is that yeah. a little bit of, okay.
1: Yes. And, you know, you might, um, you may have coached people in the past and you're thinking, Mm -hmm. well, I've had people get really good results. It's usually if they've already done all that mindset work, all that insight work before they've gotten to you. So they seem so much easier to coach, but we know that that's probably only 20% of our clientele that's able to do that without someone guiding them that understands the process. So by expanding your skill set, you're able to probably help more people. And the ones that, you know, we've all had clients in the past where we may have thought, oh, going into the consult, oh, this is going to be a difficult one. I better get my, you know, get my energy up. That doesn't have to happen anymore because once you know that you need to do a little bit of that nutrition counselling instead, you can sit back and just know the questions to ask and allow the person to unpack it for you without you being worried that you need to do a lot of work.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And it's it sounds to me like in theory, it could take a little bit longer to get to the goal that someone has. But in actuality, because you're tackling that from the get-go, it could actually happen faster <laughs> As, yeah. in, in a sense. Yeah
1: absolutely you've um said that beautifully so especially for the ones that are struggling they could be the ones that the kind of start rescheduling they drop off your appointment system so you you'll end up losing them but instead with a, a sort of um more upgraded approach you could end up keeping them and really helping them get outcomes they just need a bit more help to get there
0: yeah that that that's gold right there so so if you can g- give us maybe a little a little taste of of maybe a, a few questions or the thought process behind behind counseling someone like in a, in a normal conversation that you would have with someone as you're counseling them what is it what does it sound like what does it look like um i think that'd be really neat to to get an insight on
1: in. yeah sure so um my style is very conversational and I I don't even take notes. The only thing I will ever write down is someone's medication list. If I haven't already been provided that and their weight and height, I seem to just not be able to um, uh, remember that if I need to take it, there's only certain, certain people that um, would require that from a renal perspective because it's It's more, it's needed for fluid overload and things like that. But I would, um, some of the key things that I love to talk about with clients is to really find out not just what's brought them in here today, but what they want to achieve by working with me and why they think this is going to impact their life. How would they like their life to be different? And what's going on now for them um, that they feel is getting in the way of, of having this before they came to see me. So really trying to work out why can't they solve their problem without me and by getting them to elicit this type of conversation and language it gives me a lot of insight and it's language that I can use that are their words for later when we're trying to inspire them to think about things differently. Um, the other thing I really love talking about with clients is if they have they have tried to solve their own problems whether either with another dietitian or just by themselves, what happened? What was helpful, what wasn't helpful? How can we make this experience for you together more helpful? So by really guiding them through what their experience has been up until this point, uh, it's like market research for me, if you want to put it, if you want to term it that way as to what has what support hasn't been helpful for this person? and get them to think about what they actually want from me. So I'm never second-guessing the direction I should be going. They're directing me because I'm asking them questions that they can only answer. And when I hit roadblocks hit road like everyone does, if someone's, uh, you know, maybe not opening up or not as engaged at the beginning, um, I will very respectfully say, you know, I'm. I, you may think I am the expert in nutrition, um, and this is, this is why you've come to see me, but you are the expert of your own life. So we really have to work together. They have to marry together because what I think might work for you might not really work for you if you don't give me a very good insight of what's going on. So it's like a very frank, but very respectful and compassionate conversation, really making people feel like they're, they're, they're so important in this relationship and for me to be able to help them better. And once I develop that type of environment, people really jump on board. And even when I start to do things like um, my my assessments within the consults, uh, it's they know why I'm asking all the questions. It doesn't come off like an interrogation, which it can if you don't set that uh, that groundwork from the beginning.
0: Yes, yeah, so powerful. And you know, I, I I love that because a lot of I feel like, and this is you know, really all healthcare professionals. There's this a bit of, of, especially in the beginning, right? When you just graduate, you're just starting out. There's a bit of fear, a little bit of imposter syndrome, a little bit of, of like, I don't know what I don't know. What if this person asked me a question that I don't know the answer to. And it's so interesting because this, this method, this process, what it allows you to do is number one, it's hundred percent, right? It's, it's, you can give someone the best advice in the world, but if that person doesn't take a, a look at themselves and why they haven't or have, or, you know, done this or done that in the past they're not going to take it and they're not going to do anything with it and it's not going to help anyone. So, so I would say this is a prerequisite to being able to, to give anyone education or advice so that they actually, so you're not there just talking for 30 minutes, right? And someone just like taking an in information but doing nothing with it, you know, you, you do this. And because at the end of the day, and maybe, and I, I know we fall into this, this category of like we went to the, through the schooling, like we have the education, but at the end of the day, like it's not that hard. You know, it's like, you know it's you eat you eat a balanced meal you know you 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 put the fork down after you feel satisfied with exercise and physical therapy it's like hey just don't do these things and rest a little bit and do these exercises and you'll be good right it's not rocket surgery um, so so a lot of the time it's not really that it's more so like you mentioned like the the patterns of thought behavior and and what people are doing or not doing in their own life that's keeping them from said goal and, and that's why this is so powerful. And um, it really reminds me also of the sales process, right? When we're getting people to do things for their reasons, but they have to understand what's keeping them from doing them and and how, and how show them how we can help them move forward. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting excited about this because I, I love communication and getting better at it too. So um, I think that's cool. And I just wanted to point that out for everyone because it's so important.
1: Yeah, thank you. I totally agree. I think that we are just, you know, you start off and you want to give so much value And sometimes you forget that giving too much value can actually overwhelm people as well. And it's hard to know at what point, like how to actually structure your sessions when you are new or when you're not sure about your own coaching and counseling skills, because we don't really get taught this in our schooling, we get taught what are the gold standard of interventions and then you get into the real world and you're like no one can do these gold standard interventions even though they seem like they're simple to us or they're doable because the people have so many factors compounding their lives where even if they physically can do something and it's simple, if they're feeling overwhelmed, the anticipation of thinking of doing something is always so much worse than the doing. And that becomes such a big roadblock for people. And it like it's it, it's unpackable. Like you, you can people can get through this, but we just need to not just give the standard therapeutic advice. We need to be able to have a little bit of that awareness and those skills in what do we say and how do we say it to you know help people think about this change. Because if we think about it, we are um, like you are probably the minority of people that think physical exercise is so good and so doable. And then dietitians are the ones that know all of the the nutrition science. So we're already a very biased population compared to our clients.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, so true. So true. So we've
1: got to really, really, um, like bring it back to basics for people. Like, there's some some people are starting from you know never doing these things, never having to think so much and make like a hundred decisions about what to eat. People just get up and, you know, want it to be fluid and effortless, and then we're in constructing them to mess with that situation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to make your life better. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, so, uh, no, this is, this has been so insightful and, you know, throughout, throughout this journey, I know you've been practicing for, for several years now and you got into, into, you know, the counseling side, you got your master's in counseling and you obviously have your own business now where you help others, um, really refine their counseling skills, you know, along, along that journey. Um, I'm sure everything was rainbows and butterflies and everything's been so perfect. Uh, so, so of course I'm kidding there's always ups and downs but, <laughs> but for, for you um, you know can you tell us a little bit about uh, your biggest failure and and what you learned from it?
1: Yeah, sure so I think for me the biggest failure was hesitating to start sooner um and that really manifested for me like feeling that I just, like, I thought about this idea and I thought about it and I sat on it. And then it's like I, I knew it was important to me, but I didn't get that urgency quick enough. I should have used my own skills on me, which mm-hmm. I obviously did, uh, like for me to get started. But I just always think I failed to act quicker. Like, I would have, I know it's great that I'm doing this now, but I wish I started it a year or two before because I always think to myself, when we put things off, that we can do today till tomorrow tomorrow is going to be harder tomorrow you're going to have more responsibilities you're going to life just gets fuller mm. and I think I would have um I would have preferred not to hesitate and just jumped in with my idea and just tried it a little bit earlier because I think when you hesitate as well it it's like you're opening the door to self-doubt mm. whereas if you so you still have to critically think of whether your idea is a good enough idea and start your business, but it doesn't have to be fueled by self doubt. It can happen quicker. So I just wish I got to that point a little bit quicker.
0: That's so that's that's so good to hear. In the sense that for everyone listening right now, you know, it's it's so interesting because as healthcare professionals, we understand, you know, good habits and bad habits, and ultimately habits are patterns, right, that we repeat over and over again. And and I think it's so important because what happens every time we delay or procrastinate or wait till tomorrow, we're developing a habit, a pattern of procrastination. And like you mentioned, it just starts to get, it starts to cloud us even more to the point where we feel like we just don't trust ourselves in doing what we say we're going to do because we, we never have in the past. And it's just like, it's just like the cycle. Um, so so I, think, I think that's so important. Um, that, and that's the number one, you know, quote unquote regret that people have is like, I wish I would have started years ago, you know? Um, yeah. And it's happened to all of us. I think we all feel that way for sure um yeah. but that's 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 so that's so important for people to hear for sure so if you're out there and you're thinking of doing something don't wait till tomorrow you're ready now i'll do it now <laughs> yeah
1: at least just do one thing that gets you forward mm. Send one email with a question to um to someone that you think would help answer it for you so the wheels are still spinning in the background whilst you're getting ready to do something i think mm. that's key because as you said it's it's you get into this cycle. It's a habit of procrastinating is just stress relief. Mm. And once you understand like behavior change in one area, it's pretty much transferable into all areas, into business, into um, how you like to solve issues that you're having and problems. And it's it's all the same. So you just need to be able to, um, you know, work out what you need, but also the why behind it, and then that's going to spring springboard you into into urgency into procrastinating less like there's times where I procrastinate and I know exactly what's happening like I've got this self-awareness and this reflection and I'm like oh you're worried about something you're confused about something you don't feel confident about something what is it deal with it quickly because you don't have time to procrastinate
0: (laughs) yes yes and I, I love what you mentioned there about the idea of like just taking that first that first step like a small step Right, because that kind of starts building up that momentum, and then once you take that first step, and you realize, oh, that wasn't that bad, you you're like, okay, let me just keep on going. Right? What's what's the the is it the second, third, fourth, one, two, three law of of uh, is it thermodynamics or one of those? An object in motion stays in motion. Yes. <laughs> so once you take that first step, you just keep going. Um, that's so, that's um, right. and yeah. I'll add
1: a bit more to that too is. So as long as you're doing the mindset work already or you've done it before, you can keep going. So these start small, keep going, get wins on the scoreboard, increase your confidence, but then you also have to have the insight into why what you're doing is so important and adding to your own life because especially with entrepreneurship, like you know better than anyone, there's so many advantages, but no one is going to do the work for you. You have to stay focused. You can't just... If you're calling sick, you're calling sick to yourself. Like if you're, if you're, um, which we need. Like if we're sick, of course we take time off. But it's. I'm just talking about the concept of you're not an employee anymore, at least not in this part of your of your life. So it requires a, a different self. So that's why your why is got to be so strong, your purpose behind it, because that's going to keep you going. Because not every step is going to be small, and some steps are going to overwhelm you. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So good. So good. And, and, you know, just, just to piggyback on that, I think, I think a lot of the times, you know, people find themselves when they go into entrepreneurship and and business for themselves, like you said, I think, I think, you know, I tell a lot of our clients, it's like, you have to, you have to treat yourself in the beginning, at least like you're an employee, of your own business meaning you clock in at this time you clock out at this time because all of a sudden we get this idea oh i'm an entrepreneur i have all this free time i can do whatever i want it's like yes but you still have to get things done (laughs) so i think that yeah for sure i think that's a big part of it um but cool and so so for you you know because i know you said you had to kind of start doing this work on yourself and i know this work is ongoing right like Mm-hmm. Every every day, every week, every month, like there's a new little challenge that comes up, and it's 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 challenging, but it's also a little bit exciting because it means that we're growing. So so for you, like, what is one thing that you've learned in the last month about either your life, your career, or your business that has completely changed your perspective?
1: All right, I'm going to give you a bit of a strange example, but the power of prep. Now, um, bear with me, but I have a a young child who's just started preschool and I read that talk, 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 talk about it so the transition becomes easier. And as I was doing this and we got like they were able to transition really well into preschool, it got me thinking how even as an adult, like you have to prep yourself for stuff. It's like athletes, they train so when they're in their environment, things feel similar. And it really got, and I actually do teach a bit of this in my own, my program that I have for dietitians about help your clients prep before they have to perform. And we completely missed this step. And it got me thinking as to how important it is your whole life from when you are young to when you're an adult to prep for things you want to do differently. Um, and the way this, I guess, is going to impact on my business is I'm actually just recording, updating that module in my program to give more step by step guides of how, as health professionals, we need to let people, we need to give people the space to prep for all the changes they want to make and not just be like, right, here you go, these are the changes, I'll see you in a week. Some people need a week to think about what they need to do, and that can be crucial to their success because we need to learn about things before we perform. And people also need to have this sense of security from their health professionals that it is so okay to do that. Um, yeah. So that, that's how I usually always take like little examples of my life and think about how it could relate to all transitions in adulthood and, and so on. And that was something that really stood out for me this month.
0: Huh? Yeah, that's so neat. That's so neat, and it's also great parenting advice. So thank you. I'm not a parent <laughs> yet, but <laughs>
1: there's lots of great resources out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've heard. I've heard. I think you know that that's so key. And I guess you know my question to that is, what if what if someone has been thinking about something and i know this is maybe it's new information so they still maybe do need a little bit of time to think about the new information but what if someone's been thinking about about doing something for for six months a year three years whatever it might be for a very long time and and then they come to you with that oh well i i still need to kind of process this and think about it and it could be in a in a counseling session when you're having someone uh and you're you're helping someone do something that they've been delaying to help them improve their health or in any in any aspect of life but is there is there a point where you do have to challenge someone a little bit more uh or still give them that space or is it i guess it depends on the context what are your
1: thoughts well um that's a really good question so within a, a counseling um or coaching environment a really good nutrition counselor or nutrition coach is going to challenge the way that you're thinking. Mm. So that has to happen. Otherwise, like change only happens when there is a little bit of tension with a lot of support, mm. right? That's going to be the combination. So if someone's come to me and they have been thinking about this for a while and they haven't made the changes yet or the commitment yet, There's usually one of three things that are missing. It's either they haven't connected the importance of something to a bigger purpose outside just their eating behaviours, and that's crucial, or they have done that, but they haven't connected the why now. It's the put into the tomorrow box. So then Mm. you need to work on how to get people to think that now is the right time to change, or it's a lack of confidence which means they've been, they could have been researching for years, but they're so overwhelmed or there's so many other things going in their life that they don't have that self-belief in themselves that they can do it. Or sometimes it's a combination of all three. So you've got to work out which one's missing for that person and then target your questions to that. Because when I talk about prep, it's not about the prep of thinking whether this is a good idea and whether I should take action. This mm. is the prep to take action. I see. Do you see what I mean? So let's say a goal would be, a goal would be that you want, you're advising someone to, I'll use something simple, like eat more protein or eat more fruit and vegetables. We may go into a session, assuming that people know exactly how to do that, but what if they don't, what if they need to spend the week reading about it, looking at what they're already doing, trying to pinpoint um, what foods fit into this this new goal that they've got that they want to increase it? Figure out what they're going to like to increase. Go buy it, then bring it home. Like even though this seems so simple, for some people this takes them a whole week to do. So if you're seeing them again in a week's time or two weeks' time, they're going to start feeling so anxious in their mind that they haven't made enough changes before they see you, and you may be expecting something different as well. So you're both disappointed. And that's why it's good to help with that prep. Hmm. Or it could be even something like not necessarily the behavior change itself, but helping people understand what the change process looks like. It's not overnight. So you have to prep them for the outcomes to expect and when to expect them so they don't get disappointed and give up. Because we've got a lot of, People that have this all or nothing mentality, this all or nothing thinking tendency that needs to be unpacked and constantly challenged so they stay with the goals that that they've got and they don't think that because I'm not progressing so fast, I must be failing. Instead, it's all progress is progress. Mm. Perfection is not the only thing that's needed for progress. So it's about prepping for whatever the client needs.
0: Yeah, that's so key. And just just to um, pull a couple things out there pretty quickly. So I think expectations are key to effective communication and also relationship building with anyone in life. Um, yeah. I think I think that's that's so good. And then the idea that if if the prep isn't there and we're not having people feel good about the the process that they're going through, the prep and then the action then they can feel resistant even to coming back to see you because they feel bad about seeing you mm-hmm. and not having the things done. So that in itself can cause no-shows, reschedules, and, and, and obviously a lack of results, it sounds like.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you think about the mentality of the client, and I'm sure we've all been clients to someone before, mm-hmm. when you haven't progressed the way that you think they're expecting you to, you really feel bad about going back. You sometimes feel like you actually need progress to qualify for a review with someone. Um, That's, that's a lot of that, the mentality that goes through being, being a client and not achieving Mm -hmm. what you think you're meant to be achieving. And so some people might be really self-aware and think, Oh, do you know what? The strategy didn't work. I better go back and get a different strategy. But that's But for a lot of people, it's actually that they would be thinking, well, I got the strategy. I couldn't manage it. It was too hard for me. What's the point of going back? Yes. Um, and so that's why these conversations are really great to have earlier on, like right at the beginning of your partnership with a client, because this sets the scene for them thinking that they, that like, when they really need, when they feel like they're struggling, that's when they really need to show up even more so than, more so than any other time. Mm. And that builds that relationship, that professional relationship of them thinking, I'm struggling, I've got to make sure I stay on top of this because they're my, they're my, they're my coach, they're my nutrition counsellor, they're my dietitian.
0: Yeah, they're
1: going to help me through this.
0: Yeah, but even so- though
1: we're thinking we do that, mm-hmm. we actually need to explicitly say it to people.
0: Mm, that's good. That's a good distinction there. That's a really good distinction. And I, I feel, I feel like this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's so important in that, you know, for, for all the reasons that all the reasons that you just said, the, the idea that they need to, they need to understand it. And I think even, even checking in with them, like, Hey, does, does this make sense? Um, because mm-hmm. what end up happening is that they, they, if they don't Get that clear expectation or that understanding of hey, when this happens, this is what that means. Then they can have the strategy and say, oh, this didn't really work for me. And then that just gives the the profession as a whole a bad rap, right? Because now that's where past bad past experiences come from. So this this is like the starting point for for actually changing changing healthcare. <laughs> and changing people's lives ultimately so it's so so powerful um and so as as we wrap up here we've gone through so much uh this has been so much fun i've learned so much myself too um what what do you what do you foresee like for you specifically like what are your plans for your life and business in the next couple years
1: um i think i just really like to grow this aspect of my life the the business around like serving dietitians in a way to really help their own businesses grow and to have more impact with their clients. I'm really focused on that at the moment. And, of course, my own research, finishing off the PhD, getting a bit closer to that. But I think just really improving, like I guess, increasing the amount of people that I can serve. Mm. Um, that's what I'm really focused on because when when I do speak to dietitians and they understand and when we have chats and they gain insight into what I do and how I do it, um, they they do feel like it's transformational. So now it's I think it's time for me to step up and try to be visible and um, let people know about this. So if they are keen to ha- to be able to provide such a client experience that they can um, through through my teachings, so it'd be great to be able to grow the business in that way, more volume.
0: I love it. I love it so good, and and just the ripple effect of that. Right, you're helping the dietitians with their counseling skills, and that ultimately helps the 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 world population with their health, mm-hmm. and ultimately that that helps the relationships. Their obviously their health, their energy. Uh, it just translates into so many different aspects of life and um, I love that so so uh, as we wrap up here do you mind sharing where the audience can find out a little bit more about you and your work I know you have uh, an amazing uh, program opening up I think as of as of today so some we'll have some listeners that are listening to this years down the road and let them know where they can find you
1: yeah sure so well at the moment I'm on Instagram under my name Stephanie Nataris um, and I'm also under Facebook, uh, Stephanie Nataris Dietitian. So you can just um, follow me along there, send me a friend request and we can get chatting. Um, and I'm also happy to share with you a link to um, my webpage as well. And uh, you can have a look at the program and whether you think it's a it's a good fit for you or just read about it and see if it's something that's insightful for you to start thinking about because that's sometimes the first step. Um, we don't always realize what the client experience needs from us and how client retention is within our control. So you might need to prep yourself first and and become aware of, of really what's in your control and what you can um, manage to do that can enhance things for you significantly.
0: I love that. And you also have a Facebook group, correct?
1: Yes, I do. So that's the, um, I can send you the link to that as well. It's the di- Dietitians Counselling Skills Community. So that's where I um, interact with a lot of um, other dietitians and I deliver some uh, uh, regular trainings on topics that I know are um, of interest to people and c- burning questions that we all have around structuring our sessions and our interactions with our clients.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much, uh, Stephanie. This has been truly amazing. And uh, I'm looking forward to to sharing this with everyone. And for those listening, go ahead and, and check uh, Stephanie's content out. Uh, obviously you can, you already know this, but she's great. Uh, so go check her out. And thank you so much for listening to the healthcare business radio podcast.
1: See you thank next you time. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I know your time is valuable, and I know that you are here to learn how to build a successful business. So I have something special just for you. If you are a healthcare expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, then you are going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, I want you to win. So I've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of Healthcare Business Radio. If you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a business that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider right now so you can win big in your healthcare business and in life.